Welcome back to the Carrot Theory Podcast, where the guests are plentiful. I am joined by Romeo and Lyndon J, and when you put them together, they go by far. How are you doing, guys? Chilling, man. Chilling. I'm okay. So very good for good <laughs> for what we're going through yeah. this time. With, with, all, with, with all things considering, exactly. Well. Uh, so I w- I must admit, I will say, you guys were not on my radar. Uh, however, every week, essentially, I, I put together just like just gigantic list of music that I want to listen to uh, for the week. And I came across you guys because I thought your name was interesting. Caught my eye. So can you guys kind of tell me how you came up with the name Far? I mean, I think of obviously the distance between you guys, but there's <laughs> more but between that. There's, there, there's more to the story. <laughs> um, Lyndon? um it was about four years ago um we met here in london in a session at my studio um and kept in touch and rome moved back to la and i'm still here in london um and sort of worked back and forth and then eventually had about seven or eight songs together um before we realized we needed to kind of start a group to do it instead of a collaboration project um so we were in la and we desperately needed a name um, and we took a hike in LA and Burbank up to the wisdom tree and spoke for a long time about a name and then just didn't get anything. Um, and then we kind of had this idea, but it sounded a little bit like a boy band kind of name and it was feels about right. It just kind of sounded a bit, just like not the strongest name. Right. So we, um, sort of tried to figure out loads more stuff and eventually thought, okay, what if we use FAR, which is feels about right. Um, acronym so we looked online and you basically you can't find anything called far you know it wouldn't be able to search it no. so i know it sounds pretty deep but we basically just added an extra r because london's <laughs> far away from la um, yeah, and that's the whole story you know i mean it's i like i said it caught my eye so it's clearly working uh <laughs> yeah yeah i say romeo lives in it's simple LA. it's simple exactly super easy to remember yeah i'm in la so how did both of you get into like wanting to make music, you know, obviously music scene in London, you know, versus LA. And then obviously you guys obviously found some sort of common ground in making music. Definitely. I mean, both of us come from a pretty rich background in music. We're both like, I guess not technically classically because Lynn's like a jazz drummer, but I, I grew up playing violin for like 12 years. Um, did a lot of like orchestra shit and my parents are big music lovers. Um, so they introduced me to a lot of like the things that I listen to now, uh, which is really funny because my mom used to listen to like R&B, like D'Angelo and like Erykah Badu and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. really young. And I, I, for being really honest, I couldn't stand R&B music when I was a kid. It was like the most boring thing on the planet to me. And then as I got older, I like discovered D'Angelo and like all that kind of like neo soul and my life forever changed. And we kind of, me and Lyndon, that, that transfer of like taste uh, kind of happened right at the beginning of when me and Lyndon had met too. So I think that I'd like, I'd internalized a lot of that and we ended up just like clicking pretty straight off the bat with our tastes. But I'll let Lyndon tell you what he's, what he grew up listening to and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in London, um, right in the city. So in a big melting pot of tons of different styles and people and genres and culture and everything was all kind of there. Um, and, you know, when I was really young, I grew up listening to a lot of rock and like Rage Against the Machine and my favorite band growing up. And I was that angry teenager playing drums kind of vibe. Um, 
And then I started getting more into like hip hop. I got really into like Wu-Tang and stuff. But throughout all of that, the one thing that was prevalent was I just loved soul music. And I remember like at lunch, uh, lunch break at my school, having my CD Walkman and playing some of my friends James Brown CD that my brother gave me. My brother took me to see James Brown when I was 11 years old. I was, I think I was 14 years old. Took me to a James Brown gig. That's, um, that's that was my first concert too. Damn, there you James go. Brown. But yeah, so I always knew that I loved like funk and soul and just like expression um, and things that felt like people really meant it uh, when they sang it. I could sort of like read that, and I, that's what I loved. Um, and it just got me into jazz. And then I actually ended up studying jazz um, at Berkeley in Boston as a jazz drummer, I played in the National Youth Jazz Orchestra in London. Um, and at the same time, I was still doing like the odd hip hop gig on drums and I just kind of like loved it all. And then dubstep happened. And then there was a lot of sort of, I got really heavily into electronic music. You've been all over the place, man. Yeah, I'm all over the place. But <laughs> for me, it kind of is all the same thing. It was just like, I, it, you know, it's, they have different words to describe them all. But for me, it was just like, there's good and there's bad in each of the genres. There's sure. awful jazz and there's awful dubstep and there's great jazz and great dubstep. So I was just kind of like a lot of really bad. Dubstep. I was just exposed to a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly like I felt like crazy because I honestly would listen to Duke Ellington, like Count Basie, like 19, 1950s <laughs> and 60s jazz and then put on like Wu-Tang straight after. And like to me, that was just normal. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you, you can't take, handle me at my worst. You deserve me at my best, right? Well, it's just like it's, it's either a vibe or it isn't a vibe, you know? <laughs> exactly. Straight up. Uh, if you guys weren't making music, though, what would you be doing? Spoken. Sorry. You said if you weren't making music, you know, what would you be doing? Oh man, <laughs> I'd probably be an accountant, but I can't <laughs> oh. do math very well, so that'd probably be an issue. I'd be a bad accountant. Be a bad accountant, but yeah. <laughs> but one yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> I don't know. I still think at some point in my life, I'd like to do a, a course in being a counselor. Um, not like a psych, not a psychotherapist. That's sure. pretty heavy. Sure. But just like, um, I definitely like working in that kind of field. When I was younger, I thought I was into biology, but I'm just really bad at it and I have no interest anymore. So that's probably <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> I think I'd be really angry with my life if I tried to pursue biology now. <laughs> oh, man. I wanted to be an architect. I wanted, when I, before I was like, actually doing music i wanted to build recording studios and stuff so i find probably woodwork. So my dad my dad is like a massively talented woodworker and i i saw him doing all that same with my grandpa growing up my grandpa does the same so, thing yeah yeah man it's it's pretty sick to be able to make things with your hands like that like that's uh that's a very it's a very like fascinating like way of life my dad's wood <laughs> like woodworking area was always a point of fascination for me. I know you guys probably get this question a lot, you know, uh, being in completely different areas. I mean, not even being able to be in the same studio, especially in times like these where, you know, we're quarantined, we can't really go out and, you know, collaborate. You know, how do you guys manage or like, what's your guys's kind of uh, way of doing things when it comes to making music? Oh just man, like, I mean, it's so varied. Yeah, I mean, the go main ahead. thing is that like, as long as we're always communicating with each other, things are going to keep moving forward. And as long as we're catching up and playing beats to each other and like talking about ideas and which songs we like and don't like and like trying to advance, then the music's not going to get made. So we definitely like the process of us being in different places means we do have time to sort of be in our own incubators and work on our own craft and then share it. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then sometimes we'll hang out on FaceTime and make music like together. Um, but it still involves that back and forth because of the time delay. You can't actually jam together. Um, so we're like constantly experimenting with the process of how to make it work. But it really is different every time. Um, a lot of our songs have started when we were in different countries and then we'll like finish them together. There's a few things that we like started together. And then when we decided to put the song out, Rome wasn't in London and I wasn't in LA. So we thought, all right, we've got a couple of weeks till we want to have this wrapped up. Let's just like do it. And you just, you just figure it out. It's different every time. We've yeah, learned to trust it's, the process. It's, it's unique. And I think that's, you know, one of the things I think that I found really cool about you guys. Um, but you, you hit on something there. You know, one of the questions I had was, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's been times where one of you really likes something, whereas the other does not. And so how, how do you guys handle that when it comes to putting your music together? Like, how, who, what's the <laughs> ultimate deciding factor, I guess? I mean, like, there's certain ideas that roam for, like, the last three years has been like, what about that one? And keeps bringing it up again. And I'm, like, still not swayed <laughs> to it. But, like, on the whole, like, generally we find a, a way to agree on things and we're both happy with them. I mean, we always do, to be honest. That's why the project works. Um, I think that's also but, what, what, like, makes the music the way it is i mean it's like it's a very clear representation of both of us in the sense that like i might be writing like songs and like singing them and giving you content as far as like meaning and stuff but then linden's presentation of production and stuff is is all based on feeling sure. and i think that when we kind of come together like i'm being my like anxiety ridden self in the music, but Lennon's also being his like supremely positive, like keep going, like self through production and stuff this. like that. <laughs> you know? So I think I think it just like those disagreements usually lead to something better because I'm not thinking of it or he's not thinking of it. And we just find a way to like, yeah. like ultimately, create. yeah. Ultimately the song's never done until both of us are like, yeah, this feels like representative in an honest way of what I'm so it feels to about right you know yeah exactly <laughs> but like yeah it sounds ridiculous but yeah that, that's actually the reality of it we both have to um make like Rome can't sing something if it doesn't feel like he owns it or if if it's if it's truthful if it's not honestly yeah. truthful then like to be honest everyone else will read that anyway so if it feels right for you to sing other people feel that for sure. Yeah. You can tell you can hear the sincerity in music. Oh, one hundred percent. And I think that's one of the reasons why I kind of gravitated towards certain songs in your album, which I'll we can song, What song do you like the best? Feel me. Hey. Uh, nice. That song, I don't know what it is about it, but it just I can just go keep going back and back to that song. Um, there's there's a couple more like I really like choir slap um, you the Oh god, it's ridiculous, dude. Uh, I love blades. And I love reversible as awesome. well too. Hey. So those Sick. those are like my, my three like favorites from from the album for sure. Reversible is like our, our go to song. We, <laughs> it's like it just never gets old. All of our other songs, like you know, obviously like we've we've lived with these for a while and stuff. So like all of them can kind of get like exhausting just for us personally. Like it just yeah. came out to the world recently so everybody else it's new for but like reversible just for some reason you can always come back to it and listen to it and be like hey this is tight. yeah, yeah this, i like we, this we didn't at no point when we were making that song did we like stress out and be like how are we gonna finish this and like rewrite i don't even remember it again. finishing like i don't remember finishing it or yeah it was a very simple one in general to together which is weird but yeah it's nice when stuff finishing. like that comes together 
back to finishing what we were saying about agreeing and disagreeing with each other. I think the main thing is that there's that level of trust where if I think a melody is awesome and Rome's recorded it and he's like, I don't know, man, it just still doesn't feel right. I just have to trust him. I can't be like, no, you have to sing that. Because right. then like, what's the point? Um, and just being like, I have a feeling and this is my feeling. And then we'll always, when it comes down to it, ultimately we'll always like listen to each other's you know, points of view at that point. It's like, <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with this production. It's like, change it, you have to. Like, what are you gonna do? Put it out when you're not comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah you say exactly. You gotta be comfortable putting out everything, you know, that you're doing, so. You know, with your guys' different music tastes, I wanted to get both your opinions here. Uh, what is an album that you think everyone should listen to at least once? Continuum and Voodoo. Um, John Mayer, Continuum, and Voodoo by D'Angelo, I think are two incredible, incredible albums that you can listen to back to front and never get tired of them. Depending on your taste, but I don't know. Sure. I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder is pretty good. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, no, say, like, I was literally saying it in my head as you said it. I mean, I was like going to say other things because there are like other records like Blue World, John Coltrane, or like Are You Experienced, Jimi Hendrix. There's like loads, but then Songs in the Key of Life is still just a step above them. <laughs> is he always got Stevie Wonder playing in the background or what? He's got a massive, he has a vinyl on his, I don't know if it's still there on the organ in the studio. But it's just a picture. It's not songs in the key of life, though. Which Sorry, which yeah. album is it? Is the one where he's like, like, what? Sorry, um, you actually broke up a little bit, guys. What did I you said, say? I said, what's that? What's that vinyl you have on on the organ? I don't know if it's still there now, but the one of Stevie Wonder with all the fucking statues and oh, the crazy no, colors. Yeah, that that's characters. There's a lot of Stevie uh, Stevie stuff around. Lyndon. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um. I know that, and we, Lyndon touched on this a little bit earlier, but I know both of you guys obviously have solo material as well, too. Does living in, you know, different countries make that easier to, to keep just like making your own music, you know, um, or has most of the time and energy been put into, you know, music for the album, you know, leading up to its release? I mean, I think the, you know, especially at the beginning of this, I've, I've kind of like laid off any solo stuff for a little bit personally. Um, but I think in the beginning, and I'm finding now too, after writing that record, like a lot of the record was written simultaneously with me writing like solo shit. And that stuff was very different yeah. than the far stuff. And it came from a different place. I, I always used to say like my solo stuff was like my heart and like my the far stuff was like my brain. And like, it was like the voices of both kind of happening. And I think that actually made it possible to write this record in terms of just being able to have the output of like cheesy love songs and ballads and shit like that. And then like go into far world and just like get as weird as I possibly can. And like, you know, just fucking take a handful of mushrooms and just like write a bunch of shit. And like, just, just, you know, it was, it was my experimentation and like my extension of myself that allowed me to get out of my mindset of like, Oh, I just play acoustic guitar. Oh wait, I can like do this and I can do that. And like also in the process as well, like, so many musicians and so many different things were introduced like i mean by both of us like we we've definitely helped each other grow in a lot of ways so like i think now and and then like solo stuff kind of comes to fruition outside of far because we have that like place in our mind kind of delegated to to what we do in that and then like you know like 
like I was saying about us kind of converging and having our two different voices, like those two voices also act themselves in, in like the world as well. And I think it, it's kind of beneficial for us to have this project to be able to like delve outside of it as well. For sure. Definitely. Also, what far is has changed as well. And like stylistically, like what our first song was and where we're at now, like we're using different influences and like it's almost like we figured out a way to make our our stylistic choices broader in a more authentic way and we're just kind of adding more colors to it it would just like keep developing yeah you got to grow for sure so you know yeah you mentioned influences what what are some of the influences that you guys kind of kind of use to so again create i mean as as a producer like jay diller and like the soul quarians whole movement of the d'angelo and the quest love that whole world as a producer and a drummer um really inspired me just that thing when you like snap your neck uncontrollably and you can't stop you know like that's a thing um but then sonically like the way i deal with like a lot of bass and the low end of my songs is quite like electronic music influenced um and i listen to a lot of house music as well so there's kind of yeah influence wise they all they all play in very particular strange ways um but they all come into play our influences definitely cross over quite a lot as well. So we find middle ground on a lot of things. Um, and then sometimes we bring in things that kind of confuse each other. <laughs> like Rome will like have a country, he'll have like a country inflection on something and I'll just be like, whoa. <laughs> Bro, fix that. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Royo? Um, I mean, I think, I think that a lot of what I have kind of drawn from is all over the place, especially for the record. It was, you know, I was listening, what was I listening to during all of it? I was listening to a lot of D'Angelo. Um, I was listening to a lot of rap. I listened to a lot of rap a lot, most of the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of rap, a um, lot. It was a lot. There's a, there's he really, a he wanted to make sure he let, he let us know. It, is, it was a lot of rap was going, being listened to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think, I think also towards the end of the record, a lot of it got more like the... So we wrote it over how many years? Probably like three and a half years, almost three years. So it was the beginning of it. I was, I was kind of just finding a new place in my, my voice. So I think a lot of the D'Angelo and stuff came out and like a lot of the kind of like my higher range and stuff like that was influenced a lot by that. Um, Maverick Sabre as well. He's probably one of my oh, he's great. biggest favorite artists ever. His first record, I, I was probably listening to that on loop still at the beginning of the record. And then towards the end of it, you can hear songs like Wildflowers and Technicolor. I was trying to experiment a lot more with rhythm and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm not a rapper. I mean, he like, just, I definitely <clears throat> said like, yo, you can rap, dude, you should rap kind of. And then he just was like, okay, maybe I can rap. And then, <laughs> I mean, and then like yeah. suddenly he'll be the next Lil Dicky. <laughs> hey, have, I, have I either of you Dickie, watched actually. his show? Yes, 100%. Yeah, we, we just both watched it. It's so funny. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. good. We, we, I think I watched the first five episodes like three times because I had to tell all of my friends about it and watch it with all of them. And that show is that show is perfect, man. It is. It's incredible. It's so good. Uh, so yeah, what we're just talking about, kind of just a natural transition, you know, into your debut album, Weightless. You know, I mean, 
what do you got what do you want people to know about this like what was what was your thought going into it what was, what were the intentions you know just give me the lowdown do you want to do you want to go in and or i can or yeah you, i mean you, I, the intention of the record for us is like we created a bubble that is what we consider like a safe space or somewhere you can go to escape and like one of the themes throughout the whole record was this escapism thing um and all the songs are like it's true stories um and a direct reflection of just like what we were going through and we're just like regular people just like everyone else mm -hmm. i feel like there's very often this disconnection between the listener and the artist like this pedestal um and we really wanted to just make something that people can relate to and for maybe for three and a half minutes they can just like forget about everything else and escape because i think that's very much needed these days um yeah that but then Especially also now. Just, like, Real talk. yeah also the other flip of that is as well as like going into the introverted is actually being an extrovert and dancing and feeling good and like expressing um so it's like either end of the spectrum but yeah to create something that just people can relate to because it's real it's not we didn't i guess we didn't try to make it relatable in that way it's just it's honest so um people seem to pick up on that for sure for sure i mean i think it it was i i say this to a lot of people but like and it, it might sound a bit selfish but music was always kind of like therapy like growing up and stuff like that it was it was never something that i was doing for other people my mom would try to get me to sing for like people at, at how, like how the dinner parties oh, and stuff like that awful. <laughs> it was awful. horrible i fucking hate that shit and i like i i never you know it was like i lost my brother when i was like nine years old he was my big brother and he was 10 and like that was that was like the beginning of my introversion and i think that i found music right at that time or soon after and that was like me going to my room and locking myself away from my family of six and just like telling everybody to shut the fuck up and like leave me alone right. and like i think that this album i'm still very much the same in that like i do it now with the intention of helping people but i only really have the capacity to do that if i'm helping myself at the same time and i think that you know there's so much music right now that is is like flexi for lack of a better word and like people are really like they're outward they're not like really doing much thinking about themselves it's about what they have and what they what people can see of them and i think that this record became very much for me uh, a reflection of like real life and stuff all the songs are real like everything that i'm talking about is stuff that i lived and you know even at the begin at the end of it when we were getting it all finished up <clears throat> we had written waitlist the first song on it and that was that song kind of just happened it was it was very quick i was fucking around in the studio with linden and i started playing a thing and then singing it and it was just kind of what it was and then we went on tour last year in australia and i was gone for about three months mm -hmm. and i my one of my best friends uh was killed in a, a drunk driving accident and um we we listened back to waitlist and it was this like it was a different story it, it was crazy how it kind of happened because like all of the words and stuff like lined up in this way we were like holy shit like this is noah's song and we um I, th I think it, it, it kind of tied everything together that it, it's about like the fragility of life really and like the way that life can beat you up if you let it 
or you can decide to take the the kind of like approach of, of seeing it and internalizing it and processing it and then putting it back out as something that makes you understand better or makes you appreciate the things that are good better or like appreciate the fact that like you only have so much time yeah. and like you spend so much time you know in like toxic relationships um wildflowers like freedom was like a song i wrote between two relationships i started it with my ex in the room and finished it as i was meeting my girlfriend now and just like that whole thing just made it feel like holy shit like this is a record about trying to get through and get by and i think that that's that's what people are going to relate to in the record is just like we're not telling any lies and i'm not trying to like fluff up my life for people because i don't really give a fuck if you connect with it then you connect with it and if you don't i understand because like you can't relate to everything sure. you know for sure so no that's a uh, yeah that's for sure. I mean, that's you know, unbelievably reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with anything you said. So Romeo is a reasonable man. <laughs> um, if you if you had to give this album a color, I mean, obviously our podcast called Color Theory, right? If you had to give it a color to describe it or like the feeling it gives off, you know, what color would each of you choose? Oh, uh, that, that's, that's such a thank you for asking us a question that someone hasn't asked us you know it's, I just really it's hard but I, i'm I trying you know <laughs> <laughs> i really appreciate it. i mean i i would say the, the 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 album cover it's very blue um i i don't think it's like blue in the sense of like sadness and stuff like that but it's very like it's like a hug oh no and that, that like okay. that shade blue of blue that's on it. it's like almost like it's almost like turquoise like i know, saw like it as a, a bit more of a deep purple okay see that's i love weird, that dude. there's different answers because i feel like a deep purple has a little bit more like spank to it mm -hmm. spank but maybe Did that's just because i like prince <laughs> maybe Fair that's enough, yes, just because i like prince <laughs> i like i like that my music that my songs make you feel spanked <laughs> No, spank with a T. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, it has a little enough. bit more spank. <laughs> I like spank better, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm so confused. Oh, that is awesome. But, okay, so, you know, going through this process, do you do each of you have, like, a favorite song from the album? Yeah, yeah. I have, I have two, personally. I don't know about Lyndon. But I, I fuck with Technicolor a lot. Yeah. Well, I, um, I just watched the video that you guys put on Twitter, too. <laughs> Literally, like right oh, before sick. we got on. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> man. Yeah, no, Technicolor is probably my favorite song because I think it's it's the most honest I've been in a really long... It, it, it was the most honest I had been in a really long time. I had just gotten out of a little bit of a block and we were trying to finish up the record and I was like, I felt this immense amount of pressure and we just, I all of a sudden had that song. I'd been fucking around with Photoshop a bunch mm -hmm. uh, like that week. And I had all of the like tools and shit in my brain from Photoshop. And I was like, I was singing. And then all of a sudden it was just this Photoshop song. And um, <laughs> so that happened. And then Freedom. Freedom has to be probably, I think Freedom is my f actual favorite song on the record. Really? Because it's, yeah, it's just a journey, dude. I just feel like it's, it's, the, it's a song on the record that it's not inundated with the idea of like time or space it's just what it is and it like it presents itself that way mm -hmm. i don't know that it's necessarily like the biggest banger on the album but like the outro is like the most involved i think i've ever been in a song of just like 
finding a different place in my brain. I don't know. That song means a lot to me. How about you, Linda? Um, it's hard, man, because there's all I all like them all for different reasons. They're all your little um, babies. The one, the one that I'm like the most proud of that I almost kind of like shocked myself a little bit that I didn't know I could do that was Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because as a producer, I'm always like, as Romeo would say, flexing. I'm always <laughs> trying to like make the beat. I'm trying to make the beat bang. And like, I'm trying to make it like, wow, like that's some shit I've never heard before. So often I find myself like trying to be as in front of the song as the vocals are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things with Fire is like the vocals are right at the front of the mix and the beats are as well. And we like everything to be a slap in the face. But Magic, I was like, I'm going to respect this song so much and not get in the way of the melody at all. And like just stay out of the way. And I think the way, the process of how long it took to do that in a really subtle way, like there's so many unbelievably subtle elements in that song, but it never overbears. And even at the end, when it becomes thick and busy and like lush, mm-hmm. it still isn't like a slap in the face. It's still like a, a, a hug, as Romeo would say. It's a, it's a, it's a dark blue hug. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I really love that track. And like all the vocals we recorded on iPhone for that one. Um, and it's just Neat. like sonically like the weirdest thing I've ever yeah, made. Shout out Apple. Yeah. Put us an ad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then my second, my second favorite would probably be Technicolor, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, I mean, I love Blades as well. I love, yeah, I love Blades. Is Blades. Classic. <laughs> Why? Because it's old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's the what's the yeah, oldest no, song on the album blades blades is? yeah blades yeah. blades definitely that was the second song we ever wrote okay yeah yeah well i think i've taken up enough of your guys's times i really do appreciate you guys uh stopping in and talking to me though where can people find you uh you know you can give your personal far underscore far. music yeah. it's f-a-r-r underscore music hopefully we'll get the fucking instagram handle soon because Apparently, the dude who has it hasn't posted in two years. So if you're Pretty listening good. to this Instagram, sort us out. But, but yeah. for now, far underscore music on everything. On everything. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah. what were you saying, Lyndon? No, I was just going to say, um, also on our website, far-music.com, there's like, um, you can see all our videos and everything in one place. And we actually, um, we're just dropping a, a songbook for the full album. So, oh, sweet. Um, It'll be every every song from the album, the sheet music for it as well, which is um, something I put together just so that people can look at the lyrics and also the chords if they want to do covers and that kind of thing. Dude, I love that. I'll be it's, looking forward to seeing it's, that. It's uh, our our website just actually is is far music no dash or anything. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. I just wanted to <laughs> make sure. You gotta get that right. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right guys so much for having us, dude. yeah no it was you a pleasure sick. uh you guys take care and we'll talk soon all right all right sick man talk Later. soon man. Later, guys Bye. Later. Bye.
late, you're building space on oh, your distance and us. But you don't wanna talk about it. I can't build no trust. Oh, no, 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 no. 